BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cribs of the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful Mr. E. And I am the dynamic and ultra-intelligent Jay. <laughs> Not really. And that is a lie. Together, <laughs> we are super excited to have a really special guest on the show. Yes. Uh, we're doing a, a crossover show, so it'll be a similar show on both, show, or on both podcasts. But I'm going to do it basic Justin fashion and sing a little song. Sing? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This will be fun. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. He was a good friend of mine. I never understood a single word he said, but he always treated me kind. I like it. Did you know I was going to do that? I, I did not. I was no, practicing. that's really funny. Right before we started recording. But no, Jeremiah from the Bigfoot Society podcast. Hello. Thank you for being on. Hey guys, how's it going? Justin and Jay, nice to meet. Nice to see you again. I've already yeah. met you at CryptidCon. That's I'm right. To hang out with you. Yeah, last time you see me, I was belligerent, probably. Yeah, kind of the same now. Yeah, but not <laughs> not from alcohol. That's true. Lack of sleep. <laughs> I love it. I, I'm psyched to talk to you guys. Uh, you guys are rocking it on Cryptids of the Corn out there in Ohio, uh, similar to Iowa. The, it's all corn. Similar, but yeah, it's all corn. Yeah, it's all corn. Literally corn. from northwest Ohio all the way out to probably Idaho. Uh yeah, northwest Ohio all the way out to Idaho. It's probably about the same towards the top of all those states. All right. So basically, I think we'll go first if you're okay with that. I love that. Let's do it. How did your podcast come to be? What what kind of got you going with it? Wow, that is that is the question for the ages. Um so uh, Bigfoot Society is a uh, podcast that I started back in February of 2019. And, you know, when I was a little kid, I was into watching weird stuff with my dad, like uh, in search of that whole story you've heard a million times, you know, that's my story. But then when I got a little older during high school, I was kind of like, I was out of it, you know. But then when I got, um, 
around 2018, 2017, I got involved. Uh, I worked uh, at Apple with a few guys. We got into like talking about weird stuff. We found out there's a cryptid right next to Des Moines called the Van Meter Visitor. Mm -hmm. So I got involved with my buddy Andrew was doing the filming for Terror in the Skies by STM, Small Town mm -hmm. Monsters. And he's like, dude, come with me and check this out. This is going to be awesome. So I was like, all right, let's do it. And I didn't know what he was going to have me do is be the guy off camera asking questions so that they could film it. And he's like, just come up with something off the top of your head. And because he had me do that, I, out of that situation, I found out that I actually love doing this. And I really love the weird stuff, the cryptid stuff. So I combined that all together. And eventually I was like, dude, no one has to give you the, the, uh, uh you know, like, you don't have to ask permission to do this. So uh, I was like, let's do it. So I, I literally just started talking in my phone using the Anchor app, and it's kind of evolved since there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I talk to different people every week uh, about all sorts of weird stuff, a lot of Bigfoot stuff, at, you know, as in the name. Right. But um, that's that's how I got started, yeah. That's awesome. That's a lot less alcohol involved than how we got started. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we pretty much were I I came up to the bar one night. I was I don't know, I was kinda on a rip. And okay. I walked up to Jay. He Jay was Jay was my bartender. And I was like, Do you believe in Bigfoot? And he's like, Well yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> and we talked and then we kept talking and then eventually we started a little like a local Bigfoot club. Which was our our Bigfoot society. Yeah. The Hardin For County real. Bigfoot Society. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and then it just everybody got busy. Like the core members, it was just getting really hard to schedule stuff, and it just ended up being me and Jay sitting talking anyway. So eventually, we're just like, "Oh, let's let's buy this little hundred dollar kid off of Amazon to yep. start a podcast." And it was horrible, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, I'd say both, all wrapped into one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I, we just had somebody. Who was I can't remember. Sorry, whoever's listening. I know I try to give out shout outs to him. Say they just went back and they loved the first episode. I'm like, you could hear German shepherds barking. A cat jumps on the table while we're recording. Uh, <laughs> Nick's wife comes in the comes in the room, and you just hear walking through the background of that audio. We were it was horrible. But it's like it's those it's those episodes that got you to where you are right now because mm -hmm. I have the same thing. My first five episodes are rough, and it's literally just me talking into my phone while I'm waiting to, like, do Uber trips in downtown Des Moines. And you can literally hear, like, cop cars coming by <laughs> the back of my car. And But, like, my listeners, they love those plays, like, you know, to see where it came from. Where and it then, started. You know, now it's today, you know, I'm talking to people like, you know, I just interviewed Mark Marcel, two-hour interview. Mm, awesome. uh, and that's coming out in a few weeks. And that's like, I'm able to talk to all these people and it, it's, I love it. it. It keeps me going, man. You know? Oh so. yeah. I mean, that's almost a message to anybody out there doing anything they want to do. Just go out, just start doing it. Just start doing it and get the ball rolling and it'll take you where it needs to take you, but you've got to put the effort in and just, just do it. Inspirational Jay. Yeah. Start somewhere. Every journey begins with a single step. Oh Jay, you're so good. <laughs> <laughs> No, but those early cryptids of the corn. And so, like, literally, I can I can talk to those because after I met you at, at CryptidCon, 
those i i was like man i gotta listen to this these podcasts so like i binged about three or four of them right off the bat those kept me awake uh during the plane ride back to iowa they kept me sane actually but they're really good like they're not rough they're good dude oh thank you (laughs) yeah we appreciate that thank you I don't believe it, but thank you. <laughs> all right, what do you got for us? All right, all right, all right. So, Justin, first question for oh. me is for you. Oh, okay? gosh, okay. And and actually, this is kind of a weird situation because you both are there, right? So if the other one wants to chime in, yeah. I'm not going to stop you from chiming in. Okay. okay? But, uh, Justin, here we go. What episode of Cryptos of the Corn so far has been received the best best by your audience in a way that you weren't expecting was there like has there been a sleeper episode where you're like whoa where did this come from you know uh yeah i definitely think it's our our organic ufo kind of trilogy uh just because i know i was really passionate about it but i even said when we started recording them like it's especially the second one in the three so far we've done because i'm just like i know i really am excited about it but it's just such a weird, like, I got a lot of pushback from the UFO community. I got a lot of heat. They did not like it. And literally in that episode, I say, like, this only represents, what did I say, like 5% of UFO sightings or something yeah. like that. Yeah. This is a really small section of UFO sightings that are mm. what I feel are organic, like creatures from the upper atmosphere. And everybody loved it. I mean, it's blown up. I mean, we were just on uh, Appalachian Intelligence for it. Uh, oh, wow. Talked to Tony about it. Uh, and we have... It's just like it it gained its own life and it was so definitely did not expect it. I didn't even think people would like it. And it's all three of them in our top, you know, five episodes. Yeah. But it definitely gained out of the whole show. It gained its own its own life. You know, that was a weird one for I guess I like it because I'm glad everybody else likes it because I get to mm-hmm. keep talking about it. Right. Exactly. It is fun to talk about, too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's stuff like that that you know is is so weird. Like those episodes that people just let like hey, you could turn that you could write a book on that. I mean, it's like you know it, you know. And but uh, that's awesome, Jay. Do you uh, do you agree as well? Uh, I definitely agree with that. But what came to my mind was uh, our Mothman trilogy. Oh gosh, because uh, I mean it, we recorded that over two days, over <laughs> nine hours of content. Mm. And and hours. I just you know when it was over you know we publish it all it's like that's a lot no one's gonna want to listen to that like all of that and then it, uh, most of the people we talked to they're like oh yeah you know we loved your Mothman and listened to it one guy even said listen to it like three times each he listened to it three times like each wow. episode and I'm it's just yeah that blows my mind it's like wow <laughs> thousands of people listen to that whole thing yeah the whole and thing I was like nobody's gonna listen to this so that one like really shocked me that. That it was well received that well, you know. To that note, it's like what annoyed me about other people doing the Mothman stuff is that it was very singular. <laughs> okay. You know, you just get a like every how did I put basically they already have their ending point they want and they just right. give you the path to that point. Mm. We didn't want to do that, so we just gave everything. You gave you got it all. All the weird stuff, all the poltergeist, all the you know, all the entities, all the, you know, UFO sure. sightings. Because the Mothman was definitely not the star of the stuff when it was happening. Right, a Point Pleasant. It, it was not the big thing, and uh. it was the big deal in Point Pleasant. You know, they seen so many UFOs during that flap that they got bored of them. People stopped caring. 
there was UFOs seen every day hovering like 30 to 40 feet above ground in some areas. Right, that's like, wild. You imagine seeing that and just finally like day 72. Being bored of it? Not caring. It's like whatevs. Yeah, yeah. whatevs. I've seen that thing for a year. Yeah. <laughs> I threw a rock at it the other day. It turned purple and vibrated. And <laughs> so we stopped doing that. Yeah. No, that's a good one, Jay. Yeah, that's what popped in my head first. Just Dude, me, I love it. Just me experiences of, you know, meeting, especially meeting people at like conferences like Crypticon. You know, you just, uh-huh. you never know what someone's going to tell you. And sometimes you're just shocked by what people reveal, who's listening, and what uh, episodes they like. And speaking oh, of that, no doubt. everybody no at doubt. home, we are just drunk people from Ohio. If yeah. you approach us, we are not celebrities. That was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. A little I bit. just feel like I'm not like people wanting us to sign stuff and like people driving <laughs> long distances to meet us. And it's just like, we're, yeah, we're just some guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, come to the bar. But thank, thank you to the people that do, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Those people, you guys rock. You guys rock. And like, you know, meeting you guys in person, you guys are the most down to earth dudes. You're right over by the mountain monsters, literally. Oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out with those guys. But, uh, Dude, I man, when I have a, mo- a booth at the Van Meter Visitor, I, I love it when people come up and, you know, this one guy, Pat, was like, dude, I gotta tell you about this Bigfoot sighting. I had a town over south of here, you know, like uh, uh, back in the 90s. And I was like, yes, this is amazing. Bring it on, Pat. Dude, <laughs> that's that's the best part, probably, is just getting those stories mm-hmm. before they die, you know? Because most of the time, those, those exactly, en- yeah, those encounters die with people. They die. I know. Uh, I'll tell you a quick little story if you want. All right. Uh, our first logo art, Harry and the, the Bigfoot in the cornfield. We call him Harry. That was mm-hmm. one of the first encounters that ever got told to us. And the guy that told us to told us to us does not. He will not admit it was a Bigfoot. Right. He does so, not believe. So here in Northwest Ohio, the uh, on harvest, the corn you know is easily six and a half to eight foot tall. You know, six mm. and a half is a bad year at harvest. You know, taking corn down. And we often run combines at night, all night during harvest, just because to get it, you know, to get it in. So the guy that gave us the encounter kind of came up to us, and he's like, "Real aggressive. You believe in all that Bigfoot crap?" And we're like, "Yeah, you know, we do." He's like, ah, "It's not real." I'm like, "All right, you know, that's yeah, that's fine." <laughs> uh, but I did see something weird once, and he proceeds to tell us that when he was combining that night, you know, they have big everybody at home that may not know, they have really big, cert- like basically stadium lights on the front of them. So they don't hit oh, stuff yeah. in the cornfield. It's wild. And we yeah. live in a college town, so the college kids do all kinds of stuff out in the cornfield. So he mm. is not a stranger to having people in the cornfield when he's harvesting. Okay. But he's telling us that one weird he's like, this is really weird. He's like, I seen a guy stand up and run. And he's like, that's not what's weird. What was weird is his shoulders and his head were above the corn the whole time he was running. And I'm like, yeah, and we haven't said, like, do you think at all it could have been a bigfoot or anything oh no no, no that's that's all bull crap that don't exist that don't exist i said even even faster than anyone has ever seen run Running. before yeah so i don't think it was shack and usain bolt out there yeah <laughs> could no. be. probably could be, not but probably not i mean it could be shack but he's not that fast <laughs> that's true yeah you gotta remember that <laughs> he'd be tired but yeah that's how our first logo came and we actually had the logo before we had the name mm-hmm that's amazing. And then tri- uh, stole it from Children of the Corn. I was I was like, I really want to ask him that. So here's a funny story. Uh, this is, I'll, I'll tag this on. So this is the first time I heard it, you guys. So I, 
I'm trying to to think of a um, I do a, a podcast for the Patreon where I talk about like what I'm investigating in Iowa, and I'm like, I gotta get come up with an, a name for this. This is gonna I gotta be really punny and and clever. I was like, oh, Cryptos of the Corn. This is gonna be awesome. And then I was like, mm, you probably should check because someone probably already has that. And I looked it up on Apple Podcasts. And I was like, son of a gun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, these guys are actually good. Oh, that's awesome. Very so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so it ended up being called the Iowa Files instead. But, Iowa, uh, I, Iowa we, File sounds pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. Cryptids of the Corn is like one of, it's one of the best names I've ever heard. For it, It's just it's so fun. It is fun, yeah. Little PSA for all the people thinking about starting a podcast. Yeah. Make sure you can spell your name very easily. Mm. Because that's a big thing with like typing in to get hits and stuff on search like all on the podcast apps. Yeah. Uh cuz that yeah. was a uh well uh, Jerry from Hillbilly Horror Stories. Yeah. He's the one that told me that. Uh so it really helped us, I feel like, to have that nice, easy, rememberable name. Because you have some of these shows that have really awesome names, but they are, I can't spell. Yeah, exactly. It can be and a bit wordy, too, if I have, Yeah, if I have to type it in more than three times to figure out what it is, I'm probably giving up. <laughs> mm. Also, buy the URL for the website. Mm-hmm. Even if you think that it's not going to turn anything, because someone will buy it, and then you will... I'm not going to go into it, yeah, but uh, you deal with it'll them, be then. a lot more than ten dollars a year. I'll tell yeah, you that. Oh, yeah. Just buy a URL. Just buy it. Just buy it, guys. It's ten dollars a year. I don't know for you, but copyright here in Ohio, I think it's a, it's one hundred and ten bucks. Like we copyrighted our name immediately just because it was like, you know, we don't have to deal with it. I mean, I'm sure you listen to Derek Show Mountain Mon- or Monsters Among Us. Mm-hmm. You remember him talking about his early days with that copyright claim? No. He had to change oh, his original wow. name. Uh, he was here be monsters. Oh no, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, so that, after that, I was like, we just get it, get it copyrighted, and just not deal with it. You know, wise like, words, yeah. wise words mm-hmm. on this podcast for sure. Should know. we go on to the next question? Yes. Yeah, whose yeah, turn sure. is it? I don't remember. I think it. I think, I think it's mine. Yeah. Okay. I, I think so. All right. Um, and listeners are probably like, no. He's wrong. Anyways, whatever, guys. <laughs> I'm wrong I appreciate a lot, you. So. We'll roll um, with it. It's all good. Jay. Yes. Jay, what is your... I appreciated what you were wearing at CryptidCon. Oh, my tinfoil hat. Your tinfoil hat. <laughs> so what is your favorite tinfoil hat topic? Oh, oh What do you just love? Oh, gosh. Oh. Um, you know, uh, I, can't, I guess I could be very specific. Um, 9-11 always interests me. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, oh boy, here we go. That one's a pretty deep one to just dear heavens dive right into. That right off the rip. How um, old are you guys? When that happened, twenty-seven. Oh, oh, when okay. it happened, or right now? Were you were you alive when that happened? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I was in right, third cool. grade, and they put it on the okay. TV. I was in like right, was sixth in grade. Mrs. Butterfield. I was in Mrs. Butterfield's class. Oh wow! Third okay. Grade. Yeah. I remember it all because they got us out of the cafeteria, yep. put us all back in homeroom. And I remember Mr. Clausen, the principal, uh, they were all discussing with the teachers whether they should show it. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. said, yes, everybody needs to see this. Mm-hmm. And they put it on. Yeah. So, yep. It, yeah. Would, uh, like yeah. that one. And yeah, we lived through it. Um, and it's kind of crazy okay. thinking, going back and thinking through those days and then moving forward to like, you know, research you do now and stuff like that. Just some things are just weird. 
Now, I want you to be very specific because these are why we don't touch these topics on the main show very much. <sighs> right, yeah, yeah. So you deal within the motives of the act, not the actual questioning of the act. Right. Okay. Because okay. right. there's some people that say people didn't die. No. And I don't want you to yeah. be lumped into that. No, group. obviously not that. I know, but and I'm just saying. People did pass away. Yeah, awful, yeah it was an awful, awful day. Awful day. But yeah. yeah, what led up to it or what the motivation was behind it. That's mm. what you're questioning. Yeah, and that's where the conspiracy mm. can part can come in. But I mean, like t- to reflect the wearing of the hat, more or less, um, like the alien talk, the space talk, things like that. Um interests me a lot i think there's a i just i just think there's a lot of uh information that's out there that is all misdirection um some things that just might seem like fantastic crazy stories you know um are just there to mislead you to to, so you don't know the actual truth whereas in the truth they might be telling you as well is also not the truth you know or what the, Mm. the main narrative you're being told but i think there's a lot out there that's thrown out there as conspiracy that uh, is just there to also mislead you and misdirect you, to take that focus off, stop, you know, it's not this main thing that's going on, it's just like a misdirection. And then once you go down that rabbit hole deep enough, and now you're lumped into this group of people that will believe anything, and, you know, and you're still further away from the truth than you ever were at the beginning of it, to begin, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I totally get it, man. Matt, that's that's, that's a good answer, yeah. For me right now, it's... um... Um, Egyptian civilizations in the Grand Canyon. Oh, yeah, I like Ooh, that one. Yeah, I'm desperately trying to find someone to interview about that. So, if mm. anyone is listening from Cryptids of the Corn audience or Ooh, my yeah. audience, and you're like, I know about that, I wrote a book, please email me, bigfootsocietygmail.com. <laughs> I'd love to talk to you. Do we? Uh, not the, not, not any experts or anything, just like people that casually would talk about it, maybe, but nothing it's, like research heavy. I don't, I don't th- know anyone. It's very niche. Joel wasn't into that, was he? Not as in he's researched, I don't think. I think he, we've talked about it. Yeah, we just, but I don't think he's like right. deep dive into it. Yeah, I don't okay. think so. No, but I yeah. thought I may have known somebody. I mean, that is All interesting right. how some of the mountains and structures are named after, uh, you know, mm. Egyptian uh, places and pyram- or, you know, cities in, in Egypt. It's uh, weird. Oh, yeah. There's um, a lot of weird. And then that story of them, that guy finding that cave down in that yes. had like Egyptian artifacts and mummified remains. That's the one. I just know it's one of the best places to find razorback suckers. <laughs> Which I is don't a fish. Know what that is. It's a fish. It's a fish. Okay. They're critically endangered in the U.S. Mm. and they live in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Like kissing pigs or something. Or... Have you ever been to the Grand Canyon? Razorback I suckers. I haven't actually. I've been there once as a kid growing up. We went okay. out. We went out uh, west, and I, we went to the Hoover Dam and then the Grand Canyon. It's oh, huge. Wow. Jay lost one of his brothers in it. Yeah. No, that's not true. He's lying. It's a high price to pay. Yeah, worth worth the experience of seeing the Grand Canyon, though. You have to sacrifice one of your kids every time you go. <laughs> yeah. Feed the hole. Feed the hole. Feed the hole. Yeah. All right, I got a question for you. All right, pal. Now this is one I'm asking you because I know our answer for it. So this is kind of a double-edged Ooh. thing why I'm asking oh it. What do you feel is your, maybe not least successful episode, but the one you didn't like the most, or you the one you had the most problems with, or anything like that? What's the episode oh, that sticks out in your head of being, man, um, I didn't like how I did that, or man, 
because I definitely know what one we have. Well, <laughs> what ones? Yeah. Yeah, I know which one it is. And this is crazy. And this is not reflecting on – I'm going to preface this by this is not reflecting on the person at all, okay? Um, I thought that the audio in the Todd Neese episode where I interviewed Todd Neese was really rough and not up to my expectations. And it's my highest downloaded episode of all time. <laughs> and I'm like, people love it. I'm like, dude, imagine if the guy had a killer mic. Like, come yeah. on. but. I mean, that's nothing on Todd's a great guy, but, um, yeah, that's, that's the one that comes to mind right off, right off the bat. Um, also, um, one of my earlier ones, I talked to Shane Corson and I was very green still. And I, I didn't feel like it was like, really like, like I love Shane's awesome. And the stuff we talked about is awesome, but it didn't have like, I was expecting like the magic, you know, like you don't get there until you're a few years into it. But like people really like that one too. So uh you never know what's gonna what's gonna really hit. You know, mm-hmm. it's all your you just gotta you just gotta go with it and do the best you can, you know. It is funny how that works though. Like the ones you have the least expectations for just like really do well. Yeah. Oh. Jay already knows what one I'm gonna say is our definitely our worst episode and it's our it's our fault. It's very much our fault. It's the <laughs> the Hodag episode, and it still does great on downloads. Oh no. Well, we were like, we need to record an episode, and that's before we had a schedule and everything down. Like, we were st- like we were still real. I mean, we're still new to this, but that was when we were really new. Oh, for sure. I mean, that was last. That was the end of November. That was like episode, I don't even remember, season early season one. Right, yeah. It was still, it was a learning moment, though. Yeah, it definitely was. You can't drink and do this. Uh, so we had a no. cornhole <laughs> tournament. So Ohio cornhole oh, tournament. Wow. It was probably, yeah. we were probably there for six or seven hours. Drinking heavy, and I mean heavy. I had two buckets of reds, plus a lot of crown apple shots, (laughs) and Jay was right there with me. And I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I was drinking a lot too, and I'm not a very big guy, so you know it. It does. I have 150 pounds on Jay. He's two of me. Yeah. So, (laughs) wow. So it was, and we were drinking hard. So we got the bright idea of. Hey, let's record an episode. It'll be fun. It was like uh, there because a couple. I mean, at that point, we had twenty listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fifteen. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and they were like a couple. One wanted a drunk, a uh, drunk cast because uh, we had talked about doing it, and the, like they'd put on the yeah. Facebook page they wanted to hear it. Yeah, they're like I'll do it. The hodag. Well, we get to the studio and we are like, can't sit in the chair. We're still oh, drinking. Wow. And I remember, like, first two or three minutes in the podcast, I was just like, this is so fake. <laughs> <laughs> About to fall over. We're sharing a mic at this stage. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, it was horrible. And freaking everybody loved it. Well, we found out, not at first they didn't, because we found out, like, what was it? A few days later, we checked on, our, on Anchor. We could see, yep. like, the listen time. Literally, like, five minutes, dropped. and it dropped in nothing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and yeah. we're like, oh, what happened? Uh-oh. Yeah, we're like, oh, we're this like- didn't do good. And then, like, <laughs> when we kind of, probably the first time we kind of blew up in May, then it got getting, all, it got a whole bunch of love. Because yeah. I think we had done a lot more serious, like, normal, like, what more of okay. our, our format now episodes by that point. So when we started doing conferences and meeting people and stuff, and people started going back through the backlog, yep, yep. it was like, normal episode, normal episode. 
belligerent Northwest Ohio drunks <laughs> normal episode. And I think that's why people kept going back to it, because it was just random, just this one episode. Yeah. We are completely blitzed. Yeah. And oh, trying to great. read my paper, and it was just, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a learning moment. Don't do that again. It's not going to work. No matter how great of an idea it sounds at the time, it's not going to work. Did you guys ever watch uh, Dignation? That's probably before your time. Dig. So there used to be mm-hmm. back in like the early before podcast days, there was like a web show called Dignation, and it was these two guys that would talk about tech news, but they would be blitzed the whole time, and <laughs> it was massive because it's like that whole drunk history thing, right? Yeah, the people, dude, people, it's it's tough on you, but people love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, but yeah, I, we've we've drank on episodes now, but we've never. Okay pre-gamed seven hours for an episode yeah oh my goodness guys that was bad mm-hmm. and then Oof. people love it every time we go <laughs> it's just fitting it was the hodag wisconsin episode exactly yeah <laughs> oh yeah the drunkest state yeah they have exactly. the suckiest mounds the suckiest mounds wisconsin <laughs> can someone can someone like make a wisconsin postcard some graphic designer that's listening in like wisconsin the suckiest mounds. Pear, I know you were going to listen to this. Make that. <laughs> yeah. He's our, our graphic designer. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> the, the gauntlet is thrown. Yeah. <laughs> Pear, I'm talking to you. I don't do this very much in our episodes at all. So this is a direct message to you. Make that. <laughs> Make that. I'll probably get it. Uh, I don't know when this will come out, but I'll probably get that like two days after. Randomly, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. I believe it's your turn. Let's go. Yeah, so let's see. Uh, we're up to a Justin question. Okay. Pretty straightforward. What is Bigfoot? Ooh, okay. I, I got a good answer for this one. I think there are two tall, hairy creatures currently that look ape-like that are currently existing on planet Earth, or two two types. I, you have the. I had a Bigfoot encounter. The one I had the encounter with was very much an animal. It ate grain out of our horse bins. It took chickens. It did animal things and it acted like an animal. And my. It. Long story short, it ended with my dad shooting into the trees above it and it and it taking off and it was this whole big thing. But that thing fully was scared of the gun when the noise went off. Every action that thing did over that like two years we had the encounters with it. It was always an animal. But we've had people talk to us. We've had people on the show that deal with this more spiritual or supernatural Sasquatch. Absolutely. And I, that's why I think you have either, in my personal opinion, you have the relic hominid, which is mm-hmm. what I experienced, the creature that is maybe close related to us, maybe not. You know, I don't know if it's Gigantopithecus, but it is a flesh and blood creature that existed here, came over the first time the land bridge was formed in like 46,000 years ago, something like that, when Bob was just a kid. <laughs> um, so came over and then you have the fey folk Bigfoot so okay. this creature this this entity fey folk all across the whole planet are famous or infamous for presenting themselves in the way you want them to present mm-hmm. so whatever energy you're putting out there that's how they show their self so how many people go in this woods or go out in the, you know, the deep dark places and they expect or kind of have that back of their mind they want to see a Bigfoot or they have this idea that it's lurking around every tree 
out to get you. Uh-huh. And then you encounter the fey folk, and now you have a hairy human-like creature, but it has red glowing eyes. It runs off the cliff, doesn't fall. It's here, uh. then it's there, then it disappears, and then it reappears. It phases in and out of trees. That, I completely think, is a phenomena that looks like the flesh and blood Bigfoot, but is not related whatsoever. I really, I really am a firm believer there's these two things that look very similar, and one of them looks like the Bigfoot because of us, because we put these images out there. Uh, a lot of the Native American stories have, there's some, I mean, that's a big statement I just said. Some of the Native American stories yeah. make it, it is most of the time it is described as either a lost, like kind of a lost tribe, but very humanistic, uh-huh. super strong humans, but very humanistic characteristics. There's not a lot of supernatural stuff besides like the strength and the speed attributed to Bigfoot by a lot of tribes. They are, you know, forest guardians, earth mothers. They they get names like that, but they're not phasing sure. in and out of trees in most stories until basically white people got here with the fairies from Europe or the idea of fairies from Europe. And we started getting these stories. And I really think that we, the fae folk that are native to here, are what we're seeing that are the red glowing eyes, the Bigfoot that's here or there disappearing. So that's a really long answer to a short question, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a good answer. I like it though. That is a, that is a great, great answer. Uh, it, it, if no one's thought that through in their mind, that will bring them on a journey for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, I like that. That's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Because the one we had was definitely was terrified. The one we had was terrified of that gun. The one we had eight grain. Like if it's it's interdimensional, alien, whatever you want, whatever the other side is. It wouldn't need to do any of that. That is, It was acting so much like a territorial animal that it just didn't make sense if it was something extra. But there's people I firmly believe that have told us their encounters with the uh-huh. supernatural, you know, the Bigfoot with red glowing eyes, the Bigfoot, that, oh, yeah. the mind speak stuff and everything like mm-hmm. that. I believe them. It just, I don't think it was the same thing I seen. It's not the same entity I encountered. Because that thing was definitely scared of a gun. We were scared I of really, it. I really like that because, you know, a lot of people, it's almost like everyone thinks like, oh, it's either an ape or it's a Skinwalker Ranch portal mm. person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why can't it be two two different things or two different variants? or something? Like, mm-hmm. it, it seems like everyone is is thinking like it's, it's either my way or the highway with big, you know. Yeah. Big foot. Oh gosh, it like, happens. Yeah, yeah, dude. That, but I like that. It's good, good stuff, Justin. Thank you. So, what do you think, Bigfoot is? This is my question. I'm just rebuttaling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, personally, uh, personally, from you know, I've talked to a lot of. I've talked to people on the side, uh, NAWAC. Uh, those guys I've talked to, the Olympic Project guys, I've talked to, you know, your um, guys like Tobe Johnson uh, from Owl Moon Lab, those guys. So, you know, either sides. Personally, what I think we're, we're dealing with is some sort of like undiscovered great ape. But I preface that by saying I cannot explain when people are like, going through a portal or going into a tree or like, I mean, that stuff blows my mind and I don't, I don't know what to say to it. You know, 
mm-hmm. but if I had to choose like what what I think it is, you know, and I've said it other times before, like I think that especially in the PNW in like um Wachita Mountains of Oklahoma, like I think it's a some sort of weird undiscovered ape and like these pockets of it just blows my mind. That's what I want it to be, anyways. Mm-hmm. You know. I love it. Yeah. All right. Your next question. What mm-hmm. has been one of your favorite interactions with a fan slash listener. You don't have to pick. I know you don't have to pick a favorite. I said one of your favorites. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a really good question. Oh, shoot. I'm, tr- I'm trying to. <laughs> this is t- this is tricky. Uh, I haven't had many, so you don't. You would think it wouldn't be hard. Um, because I'm just starting to get into the conference mm-hmm. circuit, you know, like mm-hmm. this at Scripticon was the first time that I was able to actually meet a lot of people in real life, which is very I know awesome you were busy. special. Um, best. Uh, it, w- it was actually pretty cool. Uh, I was able to meet a guy named uh, Jake Dressel. Uh, who listens to the show. He also listens to uh, Shannon's show, Shannon LeGros show. But he was like, I got to tell you my Bigfoot story. And he was telling me the story about like how he saw this like small Bigfoot and stuff. I was like, man, this sounds really familiar. And then he was like, oh, you may remember the story from like the Ken Gearhart book about Bigfoot. I was like, no way. You're the dude. That's crazy. <laughs> like if you read Ken's book, like this guy's drawings are actually in, um, um, in the book oh actually I, I sorry i got a really good i gave myself there you go now you got time yeah. yeah yeah i got so i'm gonna try to be really really um okay so i live in a small iowa town mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm walking my kid to school and we're walking back we're almost to home and all you know in the movies when like the kid is riding up on like the 80s bike and he does like the, yeah. <laughs> I hear that. I was like, I was like, uh, hey dude, what's up? And he's like, dude, are you Bigfoot Society? What are you doing here? I was like, well, uh, we kind of <laughs> live here. And he was like, oh, cool, Bigfoot Society rocks. All right, see ya. I was like, whoa, that's sweet. And like, it got to the point where like I've been in the local gas station, and like, uh, this guy came up to me. He was like, oh, dude, Bigfoot Society, how's it going? I'm like, uh oh, this maybe has more reach than I thought it did. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Pat. You're the cool dude. Uh, <laughs> so those are the those are the most fun that come to mind. That's awesome. Yeah, that the eighties bike skid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I got one and Jay, you can give one too after I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh I'm gonna take Ricky and Austin. Oh, okay. Uh these dudes drove at Crypticon this year. Drove all the way from Atlanta, Georgia to meet us. Like, that oh, was wow. their goal. And oh, wow. it was like, these guys made a beeline into us. I'm like, oh, gosh. And so, shout out, Ricky. Shout out, Austin. Love you guys. Yeah, they're Great awesome. Listener. Yep. Uh, and Ricky is the father. Austin's the son. But R- Ricky kind of walks up to me and he says, I drove 800 miles just to tell you this. I'm like, oh, gosh. What? He's like, it was a sandhill crane. 
<laughs> and I flipped oh, out. No. I was like, oh no, because there was in our Mothman saga right in the middle of it. So he listened to the whole freaking thing. I get super upset and I throw a pen and I break a pen on the door in the studio. <laughs> and he, I just started laughing. He started laughing. It was funny. But no, that's that's kind of mine. That and uh, we've had a lot of great ones. So everybody at home, don't don't feel bad. We gave you shout outs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mine's Dude, probably that's, that's fantastic. Mine was probably up on Bigfoot and Bruise when we did that. Um, I mean, in general, just people opening up to you and telling you like their oh, yeah, personal amazing. experiences and stories. That's the most my most favorite part with all this. Um, but I had one. We had one up this lady up in <laughs> Jill up in uh, Michigan. She was showing me, telling me stories that just were blowing my mind. And then she wow. went and showed me like she did like drawings and stuff of things that she experienced. And, like, her drawings were awesome. Showed me a bunch of her cool art and photos and things like that. But that whole experience was just – it was really it was really nice. Like, yeah, it, it was, was cool, cool for you. Yeah, it was cool. Like Sucked for me, but – Yeah, because I left Justin alone at the booth for a while. But he had company. <laughs> two hours. Two hours, my butt. Oh, you know, that's a long time. Uh, we can ask Joel It was Sean, not – yeah, you can ask Because they went them. and looked for you. Yeah, it was they not that worried. long. They got worried. Maybe an hour. Kill the Mockingbirds yeah. podcast was hanging out there yeah. with us. But yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. It, yeah. it was awesome. Like, oh, it, that was a ball. Yeah, and – any- Great conference, but yeah, I mean, just those experiences, meeting people and, you know, just getting their personal stories that they're not going to tell anyone and they're not going to, rec- we always ask them, well, you want to record it? We can record it. And they're just like, no, 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 nope. no, I don't want to record it. But you just can- want to talk about it. Yep. And you can tell they're sincere and, you know, we can yep. tell, you can tell when people are kind of talking their own stories up or elaborating <laughs> a little too much or. Oh, totally. You don't just, you say a single name. You just know. When uh, some <laughs> some things are afoot, I guess you're and, horrible. No, I'm being serious. I mean, not just just even regular people that will come up and tell you stories of things that they've seen or experienced, and you're just like, okay, you can tell. I don't know. There's just a different energy when you know someone's being sincere and honest. Absolutely. And when they're just kind of stretching maybe their their truth a little bit too much. Let's just put that's probably the best nicest way to put it. Speaking of that yep. nature. Not the not the falsehoods, the the real genuine stuff. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'll tell you one more story. I will love it. Our first conference we ever did was Ohio Bigfoot. Okay. We got set up in a premier spot due to just hanging out with Robert from You Big Apes. He's a really great guy. Love Robert. Uh, but mm-hmm. Robert takes good care of Cribbers of the Corn. He we actually call him Chief Cornstock. <laughs> uh, oh, nice reference. He, he makes a lot of our stuff for us. Um, but he Robert put us in a really nice spot. This guy, so right, we're right by the front door. This guy that does not look like he wants to be here pays his entry fee, uh-huh. and he's just wearing kind of hunter clothes. Does he looks super uncomfortable? Keep uh, Ohio Bigfoot this past year was like eleven thousand people. Really? Yeah, that was big. Yeah, Ooh. very packed. We couldn't move for ten hours. We talked constant. <laughs> But so this guy comes in right, like right off the rip, right when it opens. He looks super yep. uncomfortable. He kind of sees us, comes over to us, and he just kind of starts asking about Bigfoot. And he's like, "Well, I had an encounter." He's like, "I was walking up a hill in Egypt Valley, Ohio. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Anything with that? That's one oh. of the craziest places. That, like for weird stuff, not just Bigfoot, but weird paranormal stuff. Egypt Valley, okay. Ohio is like super." funky i don't go there just because it's 
more of the supernatural than the physical happens there. Yeah, I'd say that more supernatural. Um, right. So he's like, I was hunting in Egypt Valley, and he's like, I kept, uh, I was on the ridge going up. Something kept running at me, like a bull. Like it's, it, sorry, something kept running at me. He's like, it sounded like a bull, but I'd never seen anything, and it would stop like ten feet away, and then back up, and then do it again. And he's like, I, he's like, I just couldn't wrap my head around because I never seen it. There's nothing there, but I can feel it and I can hear it coming at me. And then finally, it went off over the other side of the ridge. And it really, he was really shaken up and really freaked out about it. And we just kind of like, well, that really sounds like an Ohio Bigfoot bluff charge. So uh. Hawking Hills, Ohio, which is about 60 miles south of there, maybe less than that, probably 40 miles south, is famous for those kind of encounters where these really, really high intensity, scary encounters. That nothing mm-hmm. really happens at in the end, but they're terrifying encounters. You know, the, the tree shakings, the rocks whizzing past your head, the false charges. False, yeah, bluff charges. The and main thing. so I tell it, we tell him that, and he's like, so he's like, it probably was a Bigfoot. And I'm like, I don't know that, but that's what it kind of sounds like. And he's like, is there any laws about shooting them? And we're like, I don't think there's any laws about it. Yikes. But... I've heard a lot of people say they've shot him and not a lot's happened besides yeah. making him mad. He's like, all right, I'm going to go kill one. And then he just left. He left the whole conference. Oh, no. And we, he never got a hold of us again. No. But he just needed that little bit of somebody to tell him, no, you're not crazy. This happens. I think he calmed down. I'm going to guess he calmed down when he got home. That somebody, Because that's all he wanted. That's all he wanted that whole day was somebody to tell him, no, that, hap- that happens to other people. Like other people have experienced the same thing, and I get that feeling because I didn't talk about my Bigfoot encounter for probably five years because we okay. we didn't know that other people experienced this stuff. We're in Northwest wow. Ohio; we're not known for Bigfoot. Sure, I mean we don't got anything. We have corn, uh, so I feel like he was kind of in that same boat where he just wanted somebody to tell him, "No, you're not crazy." Other people experience this same thing, mm-hmm. and once he got that, he left, and he had paid his entry fee. He walked right back out the door. We never seen him again. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll see him this wow. year in May. Hope you're still alive. <laughs> I was literally just thinking that. I was like, what if the plot twist is he tried to go do it and it took him out? And that's why you never heard. <laughs> Hopefully not. We'll find Hopefully out in May. Not. Yeah, we'll see if he shows back that's up true. in May. Fingers crossed. If he comes <laughs> yeah. in in his yeah. yeah. orange jacket, I'm like, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Unless he's a ghost. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. yeah. Oh, ghost, nice. Hmm. I believe it's I believe it's your turn. Okay. Um So I'm going to read the question and then I'll do a shorter version of it. Okay. To kind of clarify what I'm trying to get across cuz it's going to come come across weird. Is there a topic that you've covered on your podcast that has taken on a life it's all of its own? and has really affected your own life outside of the recording studio, i.e. something like Hellier. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I got... Uh, you go ahead. You go first. I was going to say the... Or, the, the you going to take mush- that one? The mushroom UFO. I, I, go ahead. Yeah. Just still, still my life, but... Is that what you were going to do? No. Okay. Yeah, uh, like the the fungi UFO, you know. Oh, gosh, that really did blow up. Something like that. Um. That's probably been okay, that was Justin's mind creation, but I think he's really on to something there. But there may be some UFO like organism organisms living in the atmosphere that are, you know, fungi or funguses. Um but just to 
bring that into our own life because we talk about it now, but now we're actually outside when a mushroom pops up. We actually <laughs> talk to them a little bit because they might have some intelligence to them. So, you know, you just you, oh, wow. you just might, you know, throw out a conversation to them and you, you never know if they're listening or not. So we're just nice to them. And I guess that's changed a little bit in my life. I, like I said on our last show we were on, I'm not going to run up and field goal kick a mushroom anymore and just like launch it as far as I can. But now I, we actually sit and we'll talk to one. I don't mow them over them in my yard at all. Yeah. Emily was complaining because I had a big uh, hen in the woods in the front yard this year and yeah. like honey mushrooms. And I just would avoid them because the grass was all patchy. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say the Joel Thomas Nephilim portal babies thing. Mm. That took us to places. I mean, that's how we met Tony Merkel. That's how oh, we. Oh, wow. So Joel Thomas came on our show. Uh, was that the second? No, that's the first time he came on the mm-hmm. show. Uh, Joel's a really good friend of ours. We love Joel. Okay. Uh, hanging out with him in a. Well, we're hanging out with him next week, and then we're going up ice fishing in June. But he came on our show, and he talked about the Dogman documentary he did, and was fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did an hour on it, no problems. Yeah. Uh, we did an hour, no problems. And then he started talking about that kind of th- thought. I don't know. Have you heard any of that stuff with him? The Nephilim stuff? The Nephilim, yeah, his portal baby th- thoughts not not his i mean i've listened to blurry creatures before shout out for blurry creatures but <laughs> um uh, i don't know anything about actually i haven't gotten to that episode yet so, so it's uh, a lot and it's, it's just it's okay. out of my wheelhouse not saying okay. anything joel's got it all like he's got a lot figured out that i don't understand because it's really not my thing hmm. so if that makes any sense to anybody at home it's like uh it, when it's just not your subject it, it, he knows so much about that, and it's just, it's way out of my wheel. So he starts talking about that. Instantly, uh, we lose all power to our recording software. Oh, no. But here's the thing with our recording software. We use a Zoom PK4 with a battery pack. So oh, if, so do I. Oh, there you go. So if it becomes unplugged, it still records yeah. for up to two hours. Yeah. It didn't come unplugged, and I it wouldn't turn on. It just completely shut off. And it wasn't the outlet because the computer's plugged into the same outlet. We can still see Joel. And then I had to unplug it, plug it back in, turn back on, start it back up. So we skipped over that subject. It was fine. I didn't know this, but he was on Eric's show, Uncomfortable, the previous night and had similar popping. He had popping noises and he had similar power failings. What did they say? Like sixteen ten, times, ten or ten plus times. I yeah, know. ten plus really? times with Streamyard, wasn't it? Or was it Streamyard or Zoom? I can't remember which Anyways, one they one used. But either way, it kept shutting down. The, it kept saying server error. It kept saying system ma- maintenance. They were on the phone with the company, and they couldn't get it to work. Oh, it was ridiculous. And then he goes like a week later onto Tony's show. And they completely fry. Oh gosh, I'm forgetting the name of it. The road, the Roadcaster Pro recording board. Oh no! Uh, like Nine hundred dollar board. It just, yeah. it just dies. Why they start talking about it? So we have a whole big like five hour episode on it on our show, and it's on Tony. It's the same episode across all that we did. It we crossed. Yeah, no, it's a great episode. That I, I, yeah, I. It's great. So when we get down there, so we we all go and hang out with Tony at his studio. 
we get we all, I rented a house that we all shared. Uh, you know, uncomfortable Eric and Joel, and the power goes out, and it's just four houses around us and us. It's like they're super weird. It's just that that topic took on a I whole of life own. of its own. And that's the quietest episode I've ever been on for me because it's just like. I experienced all this, and I'm like, I don't talk about, I I don't know nothing about this stuff. Speechless. I don't mm. want to talk about this stuff. Yeah, I'm just here because I was asked to be here. Yeah, it was it was a crazy time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, dude, that that that's wild. Um, my version of that is, it's this weird thing where, like, it was half affecting my life. Because in a, it turned into a podcast episode. I was reading a book by David Weatherly about Iowa cryptids, and there was a phrase in it about the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. And then I was like, holy mackerel, what is that? I've never heard about this. And then I just went, you know that meme where it's like Charlie Day from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, yeah. and he's in front of the board with the red lines? Yeah. Like I spent a solid three months, heads down, trying to figure out like what that was back in the seventies and actually hold on. Give me a second. Um, okay. Yeah, I can say, um, track down like one of the dudes is still alive. I tracked down where he is and like it turned into this wild and crazy adventure that is still going on to this day. And like, it is it seriously like has affected my life and it's just like yeah that sometimes you just get you just get wrapped into this like figure out the mystery but you're like how far do you let yourself go mm-hmm. because the line between podcasting and researcher sometimes becomes blurred slash journalist and it's like how far do you do you let yourself go before you start affecting it, it it's crazy dude but yeah it, it sometimes happens, and actually, that's the most fun. Oh, it, I agree with that. I get hyper obsessive. Yeah. Uh, obsessive. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness, me too. Oh, dude, <laughs> to a fault. Like I'll go down to to the living room, talk to my wife, and I'll just start unloading, and she's like, "Dude, what are you doing up there?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you come down with the tinfoil hat. Yeah, you got pretty, yeah, yeah. Much, the, pretty much. The so. red string is everywhere, connecting every dot to everything. It's all over the house now, yeah. yeah. So we've used that same meme before, but we're actually turning the podcast. So here's a little sneak peek for everybody. The Ooh. podcast studio ceiling will eventually be that meme. <laughs> That's awesome. And we've kind of we've talked about what's going to be up there and stuff like that, all kinds of random stuff. We just got to start connecting the dots. Yeah, it's going to make no sense to anybody else. Right. There's going to be a mushroom and a Bigfoot and then elves and then <laughs> the government. That actually follows so far. And a, and a snallygaster salamander. Oh, gosh. All right. Oh, yeah. My final question for you. Okay. Okay, you ready for this one? I sure am. What is one of your favorite encounters you've gotten not just because of the encounter itself, but maybe something around the encounter, like a personal story of somebody you knew, anything like that. I love off-the-topic questions because the, the that's podcasting. That's a really good. That's it, a really good question. It's great for silence because <laughs> everybody loves really audio silence. Yeah, but it, all of this can be. Yes, yeah, you love audio silence as a podcaster. Um, 
I always sing to fill the gaps. And I feel like I just got home, and I feel like I'll never be alone, cause I feel. Oh yeah, okay. Okay. I I got I got good one. Um, I didn't know any more lyrics after that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he's gonna run out. Um, <laughs> so the most that I will say, uh, the closest I can get to an answer for you is just because I really like this story, this encounter story. Uh, because it came from a gentleman that you, you would not expect this to come to, come from. Uh, so this comes from Dr. Jeff Meldrum. Mm. And uh, back in the day, I used to do Bigfoot Society is totally evolving all the time. So I used to do like split up the episodes, and then I would do like a, a like after show thing, and stuff would get really wild and crazy in those after because I would just like throw out like crazy stuff to these like Bigfoot researchers and um, turns out, and this is, this is public. It's, it's on my YouTube channel. It's the second part of the interview. So if you want to listen to it, I'm not like, you know, throwing Dr. Meldrum under the bus, but he literally shares a story about how he's at uh, a, a, a cabin up in Wyoming, I believe. And he wakes up one night and there is a giant owl creature standing next to his bed. Wow. And I would have never thought that that story would have, like, I would have never bet that Mel, Dr. Meldrum would have a story like that. But I was like, what? This is, this is nuts. This you is absolutely crazy. Two million it guesses. Was... And I would have never guessed him. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the most fun, the most original that I've, I've uh, received. I, I do, man, I, I get so many because I've started this thing now where on Sunday nights on YouTube, I'll do this like live call-in show and I'll just put a phone number out there. It's kind of like people say it's like old school art bell, but like the stuff that people are calling in with is nuts. But the most fun that just totally blew me away was definitely Dr. Meldrum talking about a giant owl man creature next to to his bed. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a short, it's like 15 minutes too. And he talks about seeing a UFO when he was on a date as a teenager or uh, college age. Like really weird stuff. It's awesome. The only, so, that's mine. My best experience with Dr. Meldrum was suggesting breakfast and he picked it <laughs> at the Ohio oh, Bigfoot nice Conference. Guy. I told him to get the what Bigfoot nice Bagel. Guy. It was the best bang for your buck. And he did. No, so I think <laughs> the best person, I, I guess for the, my way I phrased it, I'm going to steal this one because you stole mine last time, is our buddy Greg. Uh, yeah. So he was one of our earlier interviews. Mm-hmm. He was our first in-studio it's, interview, right? Yep, yep. Uh, because he lives three houses down. Uh, nice. He graduated with my dad. He's been a family friend forever. He didn't know I had a Bigfoot encounter. Me and my dad had a Bigfoot encounter, and we didn't know he had one. And literally through doing the show, he kind of just came up. He's like, I didn't know you guys talk about this all the time. And do you do this stuff? And we're like, oh, yeah. Uh, he's like, well, I had an encounter. And I'm like, would you, love to, would you like to come on the show? He's like, yeah, if, you know, if, just because it's you guys, you know, per, you know, personal. I hate when it does that, but personal family friend. And he's like, so he comes in. And we go through this encounter. It's an amazing encounter. Probably mm. one of the close. Like he was, he could have touched it. 
Uh, he thought it was a wow. cow. That's the name of the episode. I thought it was a cow. Because uh, there was cows out that previous day in the same spot. And so he's seen this big hairy creature in the ditch. So he's slowing down to get out to help this get this cow back in. And it stood up, and there's a whole encounter there. Turns out, though, it was the same year I had my Bigfoot encounter. Oh, man. Same summer, about a quarter mile away. So most likely, just from my guessing, it was probably the same individual. It was the same size, same bulk. I'm going to say it was probably the same individual because I don't think we have a whole lot of individuals in northwest Ohio, specifically sure. in Hardin County. Specifically, a quarter within, mile away, yeah, within a mile, yeah. The same, you know, same wow. month we probably had ours. So that's probably for that. Like just doing this show, it's so weird because we've had people reach out. Like we just recorded an Australian one this morning, so we've had mm-hmm. people, you know, reach out from Sweden, Australia, UK. But oh, that wow. one, literally three houses that way. Someone we both known for yeah, a long time, forever, and didn't know he and had something. You got one, Jay. I took that one. Um. Probably, it might not be necessarily the story itself, but how we got the story was our interview with Noah. Um, oh, yeah? Just the way uh, we're driving down in Loveland, Ohio, doing a Frogman. Um, nice. Uh, we go to on-location sites, and we, we go record, have fun. Yeah, just have fun. Record some videos in, at the sites where things actually happened. And while doing that, we're driving around Loveland, and this guy just like pulls up beside our car, and we have big magnets on the side of our car with the podcast on it. And he's just like big, like eyes are big. And he's like looking down, pointing at it. And we're at a red light and he rolls down his window and he's like, what do you even say? I don't he's like, I'm going to call. I'm going to call. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, oh, you want, a, you want a card? And he's like, yeah. We just got this brand new box of cards. Yeah. So first I hop out. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Take no, you're good. You're good. I, so I hop out in traffic in Loveland, Ohio, and I hand him a card. But the first card I hand him was the first one in the pack, so it was blank. Oh, no. So I had to hop back out. Lights are green. Yeah, lights have turned oh. green at this and point. And I handed him a real card, and then, like, I don't even remember. Like, it was like two weeks later. Yeah, he, he finally fin- got a hold of us. He finally reached he, back he's out. He's a Maybe very a busy man. Maybe a month even later. Wow. It was a while. But, yeah, a really fun interview. He's really fun talk. Oh, he's like, high energy. He was, a lot of bo- he was a ball to have on the show. Very high energy. And I don't think he had Really some- great encounter. Oh, yeah, great encounter. Uh, not something that he really wanted to uh, publicly share too much. Because he was pretty hesitant about doing it, but yeah, he definitely didn't want it connected, kind of back to him. He, yeah, he's a uh-huh. uh, he's a a businessman. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll I think I can way. say that. Yeah, yeah, for he's sure. A, yeah, he's a he's a prominent figure. But yeah, great energy and great interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really fun. It's just the way it I happened. I love those interviews. The way it happened was funny. It was just really funny. It's like what just happened? It was like a Three Stooges skit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's amazing. And it led to a great interview. And yeah. then we went and stood in the Ohio or the uh, Little Miami River for an hour. Yeah, the, the talking frog man. Picking up muscles. <laughs> Dude, I love it. That's the kind of memories that will like you'll remember at the end. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. I That's so good. So and, I think the final ball is in your court. Okay. All right, here we go. So, uh what do you think the closest you've ever come to a cryptid is, and you can, you can spin that however you want. Okay, you go first. Well, yeah, yeah, because we know yours. Mm, pretty much. You? Yeah, I would think so. Um, I, mine's probably we found out on the show. I might have encountered the white thing. That was weird. No way. 
Yeah, and um, tell your story because it's the so whole I, thing is weird. Okay, so I was looking for my dog. My dog had run off property, and I, I think he was chasing a deer or something. But I had a big white chow, and uh, so I'm driving around the country in where we live. It's like a country block, you know. It's a mile each way, big squares plotted out, and so every mile there's you know you turn right or left or straight. Uh-huh. It's just big grid pattern. So yeah. I'm going around my block where I live looking for my dog, just seeing if I can find him. And about um, just a mile and a half around the corner from my house, I'm driving down this stretch of road, and about probably a good half mile in front of me, I see this big white thing run across the road. And my first reaction, oh, there's my dog. And then like as it's run across, I'm realizing, okay, that's that's really big to be my dog. It's not my dog. But it was big. It was about the size of a deer, I would say. Oh wow! But it was it was white, um, big, long tail, and uh, and then as I got closer, I so I so I started driving faster to pull up to see it because I at first still thinking it's kind of my dog, and I pulled up, drive over the, all the way up there, and I looked, and it came out of like a section of where there's just a little patch of woods and there's a creek back there, but then it crossed over the road to where it's just an empty farm field. Uh, for about I don't know, good mile almost. Yeah, probably mile, yeah. Yeah, just empty farm field. So I thought there I'm gonna see him running through that field, my dog. So I drove up and when I looked over, there was nothing in the field at all. And uh so I thought that was just kind of weird, but I didn't think much about it. So I kept circling around the block and went back home. And then my dog had ended up coming back home. So my dog was already back home by the time I. So the thing there's that I seen running was running the opposite way from my house. So there's no way it was my dog. And then, so I was thought that was just weird. I didn't really think much about it, and that was just kind of the end of it. But then I was, it was probably like four years later, which would be this past summer. This past summer is when I made the realization I saw something weird, because. Uh, Justin, I'm in no part of this. I'm in no part of this conversation at this point. Yeah. I don't know what he's seen, and I don't know what this other person he's about to talk about. Seen. Yes, can I say who it was? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's, so he doesn't um, have no protection on the show. Okay. So I, Justin's parents actually just bought a house right around the corner from my house, which is right around the area where I saw this thing. Literally, the little okay. the little creek that he's talking about is on their property. Yes, it's in their backyard oh, wow. now. So, uh. I was over at their house, and they were just having a fire. I stopped off to see the Great William. That's what it was. The it was Great his birth- William. It was his birthday. So I stopped there at his, his parents' house just to hang out for a little bit. And we were talking, um, and then I told him how I seen like this weird thing run across the road back in the day, about four years before. And then his dad's like, huh, I seen kind of that very same similar thing around the same time. Uh, with your brother, mm-hmm. um, run across the road in a roughly the same area, like that same half mile stretch of road where they live now, and uh, so I'm like, huh. So we both kind of saw the same thing and realized it was strange, and so and then and then as we're telling, so we told that story to uh, at the people at the bowling alley where I work, and we we used to hold our Bigfoot Society meetings. Um, nice. There was a guy there. That saw he described it as a white, pure white fox crossing the road mm. on that same stretch of road, on the same spot, or a different time period. I was going to say period. when Jay's saying same stretch of road, he means like within the same three foot area. Yeah, like I mean, in the same Dude, piece crazy. of asphalt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's seen a white oh. fox, is what he described running across the road. So um, it's just 
a weird coincidence maybe, but I think we all definitely saw something. I know what I saw wasn't my dog, one. Um, it was about the size of the deer, but it was like the details when I try to remember it, it was it was hard to remember. I just remember it having long legs and a long tail. So do you ever have uh, you done any white thing research? Uh, when I think of that, I think of the Alabama white thing. So you're thinking, yeah, that's a little different. Totally different. Okay. So the Appalachian, North, Northern Appalachian, and this side of Ohio, the kind of white thing we get described is is this kind of blur, sometimes the size of a polar bear, but it's oh, supposed wow. it's it's white fur, it's really furry. Yeah. But it's almost indescribable. A lot of people have problems describing it. Uh, okay. And I don't know they had these encounters, and we were literally getting ready to do this, or no, we did this episode because of that. Yeah. But literally, it's especially like West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. The uh-huh. white thing that's seen here is like some people describe it. It's like a polar bear shaped blob that moves really quick, and you can people have trouble. Like I don't know how many legs it had. I don't know if it had a head. I just know it was big. It was pure white, and it was furry. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, it disappears like it's looping. Wow. So Jay didn't know any of that. Right, yeah, I had no idea. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. And then he pulled open his book. I told him, then once I had that encounter, or I had that talk with his dad. and re- I wasn't there for this. Yeah, he wasn't even there. Um, We went back, and I told him about it. I'm like, your dad, do you know about this and your dad? And he's, I think you knew already about your dad. Yeah, right? but he thought it was a dog. He, he, didn't, he didn't talk anything up. You know, he didn't tell yeah, me. Like, he's a, right. a big white dog ran across the road. When he told you, he gave you more details. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And it just connected dots with it. Lined up exactly with what I saw. But then he, Justin, pulls out this book. I'm like, it's right there. I got yeah. a book that's talk the white thing talks all about it. I'm like, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Maybe I actually saw something, and didn't even realize it. And, and you were abducted. You think I was abducted, Justin? That's pretty wild. He thinks I was abducted. I'm still on the fence. I don't believe it. He was 100% abducted. I don't think so. So the only... I'll share Our that. fans believe that he was abducted. I'll share that story well, that a little quick. Well, that is true if the fans yeah. are on... Yeah. That's right. I was When I was a little kid, I'd always stay at my grandparents' house. And the one night... I mean, I'll tell the short version. Like, I fell asleep in their bedroom, which was normal. I'd uh-huh. always watch movies and stuff and sleep there. And then when I woke up the next morning, I was woke up in the guest bedroom across the hallway... Um, but I was completely tucked into the bed, like the bed was already made, you know, you know, okay. the comforter, everything sheets tucked in under the mattress. Couldn't move. But I was tucked in so tight, like I couldn't move all the way up to my neck. Um, just like the bed had been made and I'd been placed in there. And I thought that was weird because when I woke up, I couldn't move. And I'm like struggling to just, I had to wriggle around just to get my arms free so I could push the covers off me. But I still had to push them off to untuck the bed to get myself actually out. And then I was, I didn't have any of my clothes on. They were all on the floor right beside me. And I thought that was really weird. Completely naked. Yeah, that, but I didn't, that's, that's but weird. In, in my head, I used to have a lot of sleepwalking spells at that age. Um, there yeah. were stories where I would just get up out of the house, even at their house, I would get up and just walk outside out the door and just go and just start walking. And um, oh, I had man. a sleepwalking story where I, I slept walking in a movie theater during a movie it just—it was all around that. That's a pretty funny one. My brothers told me that one. And then Jay woke the day that Jay was tucked into bed. There was an owl outside the window. That's not true. That's you're embellishing or adding that. No. <laughs> but so like I didn't think I thought I slept walk and they grabbed me and 
threw me in the bed so I wouldn't sleepwalk and they tucked me in so I couldn't move. That was my right. rational naked. thought. They tucked him in naked. Yeah, that was the weird part, which, you know, just so, odd. The weird, how this story came to be, how I pulled this out of Jay, is uh-huh. we were telling the Willard UFO story. It's a famous, kind of famous, kind of not, Ohio UFO abduction that okay. involves literally two kids. And the only reason the one kid that gets abducted has a story is because his brother would wake up and see what was happening. Oh, and wow. as we start telling this story, Jay's like, that happened to me. I'm like, huh. And I tell another piece. And you're like, oh, that happened to me. I used to sleepwalk all the time. Oh. Huh. And then we keep, it happens like six or seven times. And there's finally, it's a, there's a clip we have saved. It's like, Jay, you were abducted. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. Like, I literally, don't know. we're going, we're taking step by step with this kid's abduction. And Jay's just like, hmm, that happened to me. And he's not saying nothing else. He's just thinking, hmm. That's not that. He's like, that's not that odd. I happened to me. Hmm. Happened to me. I used to sleepwalk across the country. I don't sleepwalk anymore. Wow. Yeah, it's because they're done with you. Hmm. They took all your hair. They did. Look, Oof. it's gone. It happens. Well, not all of it. But... Right. Yeah. The it beards just... are fake. I always. Yeah. <laughs> I always say it's gravity. Gravity took a hold. You don't believe in there gravity. You go. Went from the top. I know. Ain't that funny? I don't. I don't believe in gravity. But went from the top of my head to the bottom. I think. The closest I've ever been to a cryptid, at least in the conventional sense of the word, is the Bigfoot encounter I had. I was probably 30 feet away from a Bigfoot. Wow. Uh, that's a whole big story. We'll have to get into that a whole nother time. Mm. But I've I've shared it a whole bunch. But basically, me and my brother were within 30 feet of one. Uh, unconventional, kind of cryptid, kind of not. I was touched by a shadow person. No. Yeah, those freaking suck. Oh, no. <laughs> those suck. They're horrible. Uh, so that's probably the closest I've been to anything, and I'm good. I don't need anything else. Yeah, I would say that's that's wild. You're good for life. Um, I'll share mine real yes, quick. please do. Um, so this, this August, I think it was, well, last summer I went on my first Bigfoot expedition with my buddy uh, Tate Hieronymus. Um. And this story is recounted, and uh, he has a documentary series on YouTube. If you search for a search for Sabe, S-A-B-E, um, there's an Iowa episode. That's what I'm about to talk about. Mm. So we go to this place in Iowa, um, camp out for the weekend. The second day we're there, um, it's getting, you know, starting to get darker, starting at dusk. Um, Tate's doing things like wood knock. Uh, we're getting, uh, we're getting stuff, uh, big tree pushed over in front of us. We're getting, um, wood knock to the side, all sorts of weird stuff. Right. We, it was, it was to the point where it's like, we didn't even have to leave the camp and walk around because like stuff was happening to our camp. Right. Um, but the crazy thing, the weird thing that happened is so that last night, that Sunday night I had a, uh, audio recorder going all night long, seven seven hours, right? Because he was like, Some, something's going to happen, I want to get it on tape. So the next few weeks, I'm listening through that all that audio, because that takes a long time to do, I found out. At 3.45 a.m., I hear, sorry, to, to preface, Tate is in his truck 
sleeping at night. I am in my tent all alone. Okay. 3.45 a.m. after some more wood knocks, you hear the distinct sound of a tent being unzipped. I didn't get up at all during that night. I don't remember unzipping my tent. Hmm. That almost made me go insane. Because I was like, what happened? Mm -mm. Was someone trying to, was there something like a bit, I was like, Bigfoot, they don't unzip tents. That's not, that's not within the next two months. I, during different interviews, talked to two different people that had encounters where they'd got a one, a Bigfoot messing with a fellow lady researcher outside of her tent, messing with the zipper. That was creepy. Um, also, uh, another guy, Randy, who got a Bigfoot messing with a zipper on uh, tape in their cap. So it's like, now I'm like, holy mackerel. Mm-hmm. What almost happened? Right. It, it wigged me out for a long time, guys. That's the closest. I can think I of so two far. stories that people really? got pulled out. <sighs> no. Uh, I think one no was on way. Wes's show. I oh, can, no. I, now I can't pull out what number it is. You know, there's only like 800 of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, it was one <laughs> of the ones that really freaked me out is oh, that no. he woke up. Uh, it was him and his dad in the tent. They woke up to the sound of the zipper coming out, and the dad kind of starts waking up, looking at his kid, and it's not a young kid. He's, you know, I don't know, 17 or something like that, you know, late teenager, and he kind of, you know, they both kind of wake up, and they're looking at each other. They're in a small tent, and he just goes, whoop, gets yanked out of that stupid thing, and gets immediately let go of because the dad starts screaming. I don't know what would have happened. If dad wasn't awake also at the same time. And then there was another one. I can't remember. It was on one of the big shows. It was either, you know, Derek's, Shannon's, yeah, Wes's. Sure. Well, I can't sure, remember. Sure. And it unzipped and was reaching and they screamed and it pulled back out. Mm-hmm. That's oh, freaky. I wouldn't be in that a tent. I'm not tent camp. All, I, I tent camp all the time. If that happened to me, I would not do it anymore. <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. Wow, dude. That's wild. Yours that, is that's a whole that's scary. Way. I mean, it, you just think about it. they're intelligent enough to know like this is what I got to grab and open up just to get in here. I mean, it's like and zip. Yeah, and then they you know they can just use brute force if they wanted it. They could just grab the whole tent and go with you in it. But they're curious and they I don't know they pop it open. It's that's crazy. It's like crazy. Dude. It's just sneaky, crazy. Like yeah, it's being discreet, and that's like what Jay's saying. That's what's really scary is that they know it is. Did you have anything missing? Um, that's a really good question, actually. Um, when I would, I did not notice anything missing when I packed up. But that's that's a really good question. Yeah, nothing missing. Who's the and one... nothing? Nothing added to the camp either. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who's the yeah. one? I I can't think. What it, I don't know if it was Les Stroud. That they would keep stealing stuff out of their backpack, Ooh. and like, but they would like it would be like stuff that were buried in the middle of the backpack. So they'd unzip the backpack, take stuff out, take what they wanted, put the stuff back in, and zip it back up. Jeez. That's like wild. I was it? 
I don't remember her. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember. I can't remember. Is that Les? I think that might have been part of Les's stuff. Could have been, yeah. Les Stroud and oh his, his his really unique encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, thank you. And that was in Iowa, you said? Yeah, that's at a uh, location in uh yeah, I, I, sorry, I just have to say location in Iowa. No, yeah, that's fine. Okay. Sorry, I, I, NDAs. it's to respect, it's to respect Tate's it. research Don't area. I'm sorry. We're not, yeah. now, well, I, I'll ask this and you can answer however you want. Okay. Yep. Um, was it near an area that is camped regularly? Yes. So basically what I'm getting at <laughs> is, I wonder if this is a behavior where they know they can get goodies oh, yeah. out of tents. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, like Yogi Yogi Bear in it. Yogi dude. Bear, yeah. yeah. Where the quiet zip, grab the box of Twinkies, <laughs> zip it back up. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that makes me think of the horrible raccoons at a Cowan Lake. Oh gosh, the one yeah. I hit with the axe. <laughs> Whoa. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a man. Well, you don't know what happened to me. We had like 50 raccoons like inside the flaps in our tent while we were in it. Me and my wife. We were, oh, no. We'd been married like oh, t- no. two months. And the raccoons are like trying to get in. We have this little heat vent, and you can see their faces like looking in and stuff like that. And they just all night. <laughs> like these are psycho raccoons. So this camp had, had a. They're all dead now from the, the camp taking care of them. Okay. I don't know. Sorry, I'm bad with tangents. But we're sitting around the campfire with Emily's parents and their stupid dog. And I'm only calling Charlotte stupid <laughs> because we're sitting. So Charlotte has a chair. This lab has a like a like a dog lawn chair. She's sitting uh-huh. beside me and Emily, and then her Emily's parents are crossed. Well, Emily starts like playing with the back of my leg with her foot, and I'm like, "Stop it!" You know, your parents are here, whatever. And she doesn't stop. And I, and I physically, I tell her like, "Okay, Emily, stop." She's like, "What?" Like, stop touching my leg. And she's like, I'm not touching your leg. No, oh, no. And I look down. There's this little black hand petting me. Ooh. And I stand up. <laughs> and it's like a huge, huge fat raccoon. Oh, and no. I turn around. And there's like 50 of them. They're raiding our camp behind us quietly. And this Dude, stupid that's one amazing. is petting me. <laughs> Just trying to, to keep you calm. distract you. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keeping Shh, you calm. Shh, baby. Shh. Yeah. Just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Yeah. And I hit one with an axe. Because <laughs> it was like three, it was four days of hell. <laughs> and I hit one with an axe. They were getting That's like, almost they were... like, it's like last stand in zombie movie type material. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, they come right up to you. They touch, like obviously it was touching me, but like even when you see them, they were so not scared of you mm. that they walk right at you. So this is right by Cincinnati. So a lot of these people are city people that go camping there. I'm yeah. from Northwest Ohio. We ain't city people. I've killed a lot of raccoon in my life, fur trapping and stuff like that. I ain't scared of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what they like. They puff up and then like little four or five pound raccoons. They puff up and they like hiss and jump at you. And they, I guarantee, they were used to all these city people just taking off. You know, the first sign of teeth. I'm like, I have steel toe boots. I will kill every one of you. <laughs> like you're six pounds. Punt. I did kick one because it tried to bite me. And yeah, that's like, rabies, dude. Mm-hmm. You don't want rabies, man. Right. No, they were they were awful. And I think Cowan Lake ended up killing like three or four hundred of them that year. 
at the Man, campground. Whoa. Good lord. Oh wow! They can be a nuisance, like bad. It's because they everybody kept feeding them. Yeah, I mean that's oh, why yeah. they were so brazen. Yeah, mm. like we don't we have a ton we have tons and tons of raccoons up here in North Ohio, but yeah, they do, do not they do not let you see them. No, no, they're pretty secretive because yeah, they know they'll die. Mm-hmm. That's true. But they'll poop all over everything. Mm-hmm. But they won't let you see them. <laughs> Gosh. And just to clarify, I never hit a raccoon with an axe. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, whoa, is that a raccoon in your room right now? That is a dog pooping. Okay, that's a dog. Ooh, thank goodness. <laughs> Clarice literally just pooped on the floor. Did she? I oh hate my. this dog. This dog is 18 years old and came with the house. What other podcast crossover episode are you going to get a dog pooping in the room? <laughs> on live? camera. This is amazing. All right, that's staying in the episode for sure. <laughs> oh, it is. It 100% is. Well, I want to say thank you for doing this with us. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, this has been fun. Likewise. So why don't you start? You you promote all your stuff, and then we'll okay. go. Awesome. So, uh, guys, if you've it, guys, gals, and pals, if you've had fun listening to this, uh, and you're not already checking out Bigfoot Society, check out Bigfoot Society. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Subscribe. Uh, if you want to see where all the links are, you can go to BigfootSocietyPodcast.com. I do stuff on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I said during the uh, podcast earlier, if you like old school Art Bell, I do a live call-in show on Sunday night, 7.30 to 8.30 Central Standard Time. You can call in. You can see it live on YouTube. And I want people to call in, share your story, your weird encounter story. I've got people calling in. They've never shared their story before. That's awesome. And But if you like... Uh, inter- interviews that have to do with cryptids, weird stuff. I'm going to start um, interviewing people about not just cryptids, but also things like giants, different subjects like that. I'm going to start getting out into the world of the weird. Uh, Bigfoot Society is going to change a little bit mid-December, and you're going to love it. So Ooh. I'll see you guys yeah. around. Also, for my listeners, check out Cryptids of the Corn. These guys will change your life. You guys, <laughs> Do me a favor, go over to Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, subscribe to these guys, and I'm going to take something from ter- Tony Merkel, which is rate them five stars if they deserve it, which they do, and then in the comments say, hey, Bigfoot Society sent me. <laughs> there you go. Because that's just kind of funny to do. Oh, yeah. So, uh, But seriously, guys, check these guys out. They're great. Thank you. Thank you. And for all your listeners, like you said, you can find us on all the Spotify, Apple, you know, pretty much all the podcast platforms we're on. I don't think we missed any. Um, we have Facebook. We do a live uh, coffee and cryptids show or cryptids and coffee. It's, sorry, it's very late here. Uh, we do a live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. unless otherwise posted. We do some evening ones, too. And that's kind of like a hangout sesh we do. You just, you know, talk about whatever. Like last week's episode was all about homestead prepping and then what yeah. else we got into some we got into a conspiracy at the end um was it it was jake it was jfk oh that's right jfk assassination so it was homestead prepping and jfk assassination last talk week. about everything it comes to mind it's very organic is very very much um we do have youtube and we're starting to do some exclusive youtube stuff it's crypt as the corn same as everything else mm. we have patreon that's a lot of fun. Cryptsofthecorn.com slash Patreon. Oh, mm-hmm. cryptsofthecorn.com. Yeah, I built a website. Jay likes po- pushing it more than I do. 
but yeah, we do have a website. Uh, I think so. We have all the stuff and things. <laughs> uh, and once again, our listeners check out the Bigfoot Society podcast. Mm-hmm. He, it's amazing. You'll have a lot of fun. And who doesn't love Art Bell style stuff? And you said that's, that's Sundays. True. So uh, Sunday night, seven thirty to. 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So everybody in our... I know we have a lot of listeners in our time zone. So that's 8.30 to 9.30 here. Yeah, Eastern Standard eight, Time. Would you say it's 7? Th- oh. Yes, you're right. I don't know. I'm getting really tired, and it's starting not to make sense anymore. It's all Eastern Standard Time, can, 8.30 to 9.30. Yes. And you can watch live on YouTube. The phone number to call in at that time is 515-809-0165, but that's all in the YouTube description mm. that you're watching and live there. Don't too. make the mistake call I in. did is watch it on Facebook and comment and be like, I don't understand why nobody can see me. Or Yeah, don't do that. Because I had a whole conversation with nobody. Because it was already oh, over. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, I messaged you about that because me and Emily are sitting in yeah. bed, and she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, I'm watching Bigfoot Society stuff. And I'm like, I keep commenting, but nobody's... Nobody's saying anything. Facebook sucks with the whole stream yard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways. So we have a tradition on our show, if you'd like to share yeah. it with us. Uh, when yeah. we, anytime we have anybody on, and I know this is going to be on both of our feeds, but we like to end the episode by counting down and yelling bye. It's just what we okay. just, it's t- as loud as you can. We like to try to break the mics. Uh, <laughs> I got Jay got close. He threw his mic across the room a couple weeks ago. And it's attached to the table, and it was impressive. <laughs> yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Bye. 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 <laughs>BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.